Jonathan Peterlin. And a welcome on in. It is Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. Glad you guys could be with me here on this Wednesday. Man, talking to Mac before the show got underway. Second time he'll be in Houston this year. I have for a for a person that lived three years in Houston. So Houston was the job I took. I was in Wichita, then I went to Houston, and then I went here in Cleveland where I've been now for going on eight years. It was the job that I did network radio in. I loved it. I thought it was great. But then it also was the job that told me I really wanted to do local radio instead of doing network radio. Sometimes you just don't know until you do it. Like in Wichita, what I loved was the idea of just living and breathing and dying with Wichita State basketball. I loved it. Now, basketball wasn't my jam the same way the NFL is, the same way Major League Baseball is and the NBA is. I've always been a pro guy, but them's the breaks. Like, that's the gig. It is the gig, right? And I go to Houston, and I think to myself, all right, you made it to a network. This is what you're going to do for the next million years. You're going to work at this network, and you'll probably work at this other network. Then you'll go to this other network. And if everything works out right, you'll be wherever you want to go in life, right? That's kind of the thinking and the ideology there. Because, you know, you're 24 years old, giving a network show. When people are 24 years old, they're not really given a network show. So you're, you kind of you kind of think pretty highly of yourself in many aspects. Fair or unfair, it just kind of comes with the territory. And after three years of doing that, where you kind of you pop into other people's cities, essentially. I realized it's not really what I wanted to do. What I wanted to do was get someplace local where I could live and breathe and just feel like I belong to something and feel like I know more about what's going on in that scenario than anyone else that is outside of that city currently does. That's what I wanted. That's what I got here in Cleveland. And I have not looked back, and I don't regret a single second of it. But what's fun is that... With Houston and talking about it with Mac, I, it feels like a lifetime ago for me. But it, it was only three years, and I act like it's 30 sometime. And, and he's, he's asking me about the – I gave him a couple different recommendations for food places the last time he went to Houston, and I'm, I'm bringing those back up. And then he's asking me – and I'm trying to tell him, like, nightlife areas and different things. And, and in my mind, I'm getting them, like, half confused. I'm like, well, wait, was it, it's, that's near the medical district. That's near uh, go that way and go that way. And I can picture everything, but it's just, it's, it's odd how it works that way. This happens with my hometown, Chicago, as well, from time to time, too, where I'll sit back and people will say something like, oh, I'm going to Chicago for the weekend. Where should I go? I'm like, I haven't lived there in 15 years. I don't, I don't know where the hell to go. 90% of restaurants change in 15 years. Nothing stays the same. Everything's constantly evolving. Everything's constantly changing. If you learn anything about a place, it's that it doesn't look or feel or is anything close to what it was if the last time you lived there was a decade ago. And at this point in Houston, eight years, I'm coming up on that. Like There are some staples that will always remain, obviously. That's like Matt Darion earlier today with Nick Wilson, and Matt was referencing Corky and Lenny's. And he had a, and it's, I mean, he can read from Detroit every little thing about Corky and Lenny's closing and all that stuff. He's got all sorts of different things. And, but I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah, these things change all the time. Well, if you haven't lived here in so long, you just, the references, they just, they come and they go. And I feel like Cleveland has more places than not that are, that are here for 50, 60, 70 years, 80 years and are here for a long time. But that's just kind of how this whole thing works. So it was a little bit of a moment for myself where I just sat back and I realized, I'm like, wait, it's been a long time. And I've been here a long time. And I've been through a lot of Browns football. And it just, it just kind of is what it is. Uh, but I'm happy to be here with you guys tonight. And I, this is the last day I'll be broadcasting from my house tomorrow. I get to make it back to the studio. I know that means absolutely nothing to you. But for me, 
it will mean getting out of pajama pants for the first time in a week and a half. So there's progress there, and we'll feel good. I don't know if you need to know that I do these in pajama pants, but it's kind of like a little, it's a little bit of a reprieve from having to just put on jeans and a polo and make my way all the way down to the radio station and make that commute and do everything that way. So it's just a little bit of that, but I'll be back in studio tomorrow. And because of that, the only reason why I really truly bring it up is to let you guys know, one, I am feeling much better. You know, from last week, having uh, Corona, having COVID, it wasn't great. Didn't feel great. Was off, obviously. I've been back since Monday. Odyssey Rewind, check out the shows. I think they've sounded good. We have not been coughing up a storm or anything. So we're good. But the fan focus is once again going to be on delay. Fan focus is not going to happen again tonight. Same way it didn't happen Monday or Tuesday. And man, there's been a lot of things I'd love to take from the, the shows that I heard all throughout the day. I am missing. The fan focus lives for the Nick Wilson, Anthony Lima beef. And we don't get it often enough these days. We used to get it a lot. When Nick first came back, we got it a lot, a lot. And oh boy, oh boy, was the fan focus thankful for that. But uh, we don't get it as much. We've had some beefs this week. We don't have it for you guys right now, though. Uh, because again, fan focus off tonight. It'll be back tomorrow. In its place, though, we got Daryl Ryder coming your way at 9 o'clock. Daryl Ryder at 9 o'clock. He's going to break down everything with the latest of the Browns. 10 o'clock, we got a special treat for you guys as well. Kevin Spencer is his name. If it doesn't ring a bell, it's okay. It will in a moment. Kevin Spencer, is a, a, at one time, he was a special teams coach of the year. He won a Super Bowl with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he also happened to coach under Belichick in the 90s with the Browns. Now, why that's relevant today and why it's the perfect day to have Kevin Spencer on, and I had him on when I filled in with Ken and Anthony a couple weeks ago. Just a great football mind. That audio is still up on 923thefan.com, so you can check that out. It's a great football mind, great storyteller, and he told a bunch of really cool Belichick stories. But we're going to talk about Nick Saban at some point throughout this show, 9 o'clock hour into this 10 o'clock interview with Kevin Spencer. And if anybody's going to have early Nick Saban stories, the what was he like before he became Nick Saban, it's going to be Kevin Spencer. So he's going to join us coming up at 10 o'clock. I am so fascinated by people and what they're like before they became big time, before they became everything. It's why I always ask my father-in-law, you know, we go back to, to, to Cleveland really quickly, you know, one day we were golfing, and he told me about Al Roker, when Al Roker was here in Cleveland. And everyone knows Al Roker, obviously, did local TV here. But I loved asking him, being like, hey, do you remember when he was on air here? It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We all remember. Yeah. I'm like, how, how do you remember Al Roker in, in, like, 1981 being on air? It's like, you just knew. You Just hearing him, watching him, seeing him, you just knew that he was going to be, he was destined for what the role that he currently is, where he's just America's favorite person. Like, that's just who he is. He's always been that guy. He was always going to be that guy, and you knew it instantly. I'm fascinated by stories like that. I remember talking to Jim Donovan at Brown's training camp, and I did a whole interview with Jim. I'm sure you can find that at 923thefan.com somewhere. This has been a couple years ago now at this point, though. And I got to talk to him about him going to college with Howard Stern and him being in college radio at the same time as Howard Stern. It's like, well, did you know Howard Stern was going to be Howard Stern? He's like, yeah, yeah, we all kind of knew Howard Stern was going to be Howard Stern. It's like, I don't know how you know these things. But I love finding out those stories. So we'll find out if Nick Saban was always going to be Nick Saban. Because the, sometimes every now and then when you go through these type of stories, like, like people don't love to admit that they didn't see greatness coming from someone. But every now and then you get one of these stories where it's like, yeah, he was a little quirky. He was a little different. But it, I'm, I'm surprised it all worked out for him. So we'll talk to Kevin Spencer about that 
and what Nick Saban was like when he was with the Browns because I feel like not enough has been documented about his time in Cleveland. And really, it, it, what's, what's happening with that situation and what happened, excuse me, with that situation in Cleveland under Belichick, the amount of people that came from that tree and came from that Browns team, they've done NFL Network shows. And the amount of people that have been that have come from that group of assistants, that group of coordinators, that group of coaches around Belichick in that time frame. They've done legitimate documentaries about the people that have gone on to have success. It's not too dissimilar to like when you look up the is it the 2013 Redskins or 2014 Redskins? It's either one of those years. The coaching staff for that season though was unreal. 2013 Redskins. You had offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan, who's one of the best coaches in the NFL. Quarterbacks coach Matt LaFour, who at one point won three straight 13-win seasons, just took Jordan Love back to the postseason as well. Incredibly impressive. The wide receivers coach, Mike McDaniel, who is America's favorite coach currently. Tight ends coach, Sean McVay, boy wonder, who is just about everyone's favorite coach in the entire world in general. Uh, uh, I mean, really, if you talk about like the... The amount of people that think that he's the best coach in the NFL, absent of Andy Reid existing, wild. Bobby Slowick, another one in this one, was the linebackers coach at that point. Bobby Slowick right now is the offensive coordinator for the Texans. That is that has gotten C.J. Stroud to where he needs to be. He is going to be something one day. Where he Morris was the defensive backs coach. I, I mean, this is just it's just name after name after name after name, and that's kind of what those '90s Browns were, which is incredibly impressive. I probably forgot even a name or two out of that Redskins staff. That's how crazy it was. 2013 Redskins. It was basically the 90s Browns updated version of current today. So we'll talk to Kevin Spencer. He was a part of that staff, and he was there with Saban in what today has basically been Nick Saban Day. Because uh, not only have we had crazy news with Pete Carroll, Nick Saban then one-upped him, said, hold my beer, I'll do you one better. I'm going to retire as well. But where I want to start with you guys today is wondering... And it's just, it's a simple question, but I think it's a loaded one. 216474-92. Is the season still a success if they lose on Saturday? And I waffled on this one throughout the day a little bit. It took me sitting down and thinking about it and getting my thoughts out more than my initial reaction. My initial reaction was if they lose on Saturday, it's not sky is falling theater, but if they lose on Saturday, what the hell was the point? And I thought about it. And I think that was wrong. You ever hear of the, the comedian Shane Gillis? Very popular. popular comedian, right? He's, he's funny stand-up. He's got a Netflix right now. I actually just watched it a couple weeks ago. I, I really do think he's funny. Uh, he once made the cut for SNL. Saturday Night Live announced that they hired him, announced he had made the staff, and it was arguably the greatest moment of his life at that point, what he worked for his whole entire life. Within 48 hours, SNL had revoked that offer because he had said some things on a podcast years prior that you just can't say. But in his eyes, he'd made the cast. The goal was achieved. The goal of every comic starting out is make Saturday Night Live, and he did it. Didn't matter that he never appeared on SNL once. You couldn't call him a failure from achieving what he wanted. He wanted to know he could do it and know he could hang with the very best, and passing that audition process and being named to the cast for 48 hours was more than good enough for Shane Gillis. Getting knocked out in the first round would be like earning your dream job, getting on SNL, and then within 48 hours, having it taken away, just removed. It wouldn't be a great feeling. But I think the good feeling at the end of all this, and this is what the Browns need to hang on to, the way Shane Gillis hung on to the idea that he was good enough, for me, you got the answers you were looking for, 
and you proved what you set out to do. You're not pitied from other fan bases. If you're the Browns, you set out what the goal ultimately should have been for this year and especially should have been the moment that Deshaun Watson went down. Prove to the rest of the NFL that you're more than a quarterback and prove to the rest of the NFL that you're good enough. That you're good enough and you can hang. 216-474-0092. This might not be a wildly popular take, but if the season's still a success if they lose on Saturday, I, I think it is. We'll get into this. Tell me if you think I'm wrong. We got Daryl Ryder coming up 45 minutes from now. Kevin Spencer coming up in about an hour and 45 from now. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterwin here with you on The Fan. All righty, back out of here on The Fan. Daryl Ryder coming your way in 40 minutes. Asking you guys, 216-474-0092. Is the season still a success if they lose Saturday? And why I think it is, and listen, I, I, I believe they're going to win. We need to get that out in the forefront. I, I do believe they're going to win. I'm not really concerned about the game from a win-loss perspective, but I do think it's fascinating because if you take what I'll say and apply it to if they lose anyway, it, it doesn't put you in house money, but I think it'll put you in good spirits, and I think it'll put you in the right part of this conversation because I, I listened in on the morning show, and I am getting some tweets here and Twitter reactions brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store, and, of course, people are like, ah, oh, don't be negative about this team. No, no. How dare you do this and all this nonsense? And it's like, all right, so when the morning show did it, it was okay. But when I do it, it's just it's just out of town guy being negative. Is that what that is? Like, like hear yourself sometimes. Sometimes it's just it's kind of ridiculous when uh, you know someone like myself can come on here. I, I can tell you everything about my past, tell you who I am and everything. But all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we don't want to hear negative. Well, guess what? You know who doesn't sign my checks? There, there's not a Cleveland Browns logo on my check. Last I checked, it was an all. It's not a Cleveland Browns logo. I don't have to wear or cheer for them or do any pom-pom stuff. Now, I tend to do a lot of stuff where I'm very positive about the Browns, but that's just that's just when I'm feeling good about them. There's no Browns logo on my check. That's never going to be a thing that happens out of me. That's never going to be a thing that happens out of anyone here at this radio station. So don't expect that from me. Please, you haven't been listening to me long enough if that's what you think is going to happen here. We got to look at all sides of the coin. I'm on five hours. Tonight it's four hours, but I'm on five hours, five nights a week. I'm looking at all sides of the coin here. That's how this is going to work. And so when I'm asking you guys at 216-474-0092, and this is where you can have your input, and please, I, I want you to have your input. Don't hide behind the keyboard. Call me up. Call me up and let me hear it because I'll, I'd much rather deal with that. Here's a pro tip. If you send me a tweet in all caps yelling at me, or trying to get me to change the topic or something like that, I'm never going to listen to that tweet. It's not going to happen. You call in and you scream your living daylights out at me. You can tell me everything up to something egregious about my wife, and I'm going to laugh about it. I'm going to be like, oh, that's okay. All right, good. Because you have passion. You ha take that passion that, that you hide behind the keyboard with, bring it to the phone lines, and give some people some entertainment. If you think I'm just downright wrong for bringing up this equation in the scenario that, oh, by the way, you're two and a half point favorites in, on the road in Vegas. You're expected to win this game. But if you think I'm wrong for bringing this up and then giving you the positives after why I think if something goes down, it's not the end of the world, call me up. Your dime, your dance floor. I'm here for you guys as much as I'm here for myself to try to get us all through this thing to make sure that uh, we get all the angles covered and to make sure that ultimately it's an entertaining show. I think sometimes people lose that thought process. 
They think, uh, you know, hiding behind the, the, the Twitter world is going to all of a sudden make things better and make things more interesting. You know what's interesting? Getting really mad at me and calling me up on the radio about it. That's interesting. Call me up. Yell at me. Go ahead. But you got to do it where I get a chance to respond back in a fair manner. The, the part of Twitter that I've never agreed with is the part of Twitter that if I respond back, there are so many people that aren't listening to the show that don't know why I'm responding back in the way that I'm responding back. It's not a fair and level playing field. But if you're listening to the show, you know exactly where I'm going and you know exactly the nuance attached to it. And that's why we got to have these discussions. But make no mistake about it. There's no Browns logo on my paycheck. That is not a thing that I've ever had happen in life. And the way I talk about the Browns, I don't know that it's ever going to be a thing that does happen in my life. And I've made peace with that. I'm perfectly fine with that because the only radio I do, and, and this is how you know, this is how you know when I tell you something positive, I mean it. When I tell you two weeks ago that I thought the Browns were the second best team in the AFC, and I stand by that. When I told you six days, no, not six, hold on, I'm counting myself a little bit more, four days ago on the pregame show that I legitimately believe if you were giving me a one, one quarterback between Patrick Mahomes and Joe Flacco for tomorrow to win a game. Tomorrow, if aliens came down and said you got one quarterback, I'm taking Joe Flacco for tomorrow. I might not take him next week, but for tomorrow, the way Patrick Mahomes is currently playing, I'm taking Joe Flacco. When I say those things, you know it's genuine. There's no bronze logo on my paycheck. 216474-0092. So when I ask you if the season is still a success if they lose on Saturday, and I lay it out the way that I lay it out, and this is the only way I know how to do this, okay? I did the Shane, Gallis, uh, Shane Gillis analogy, which I think is absolutely perfect and fits 100% in right. If you missed it, Odyssey Rewind, go back. The point is, I'll give you the shortened version. The shortened version is he went, he got hired by SNL, and then SNL fired him 48 hours later. He did an interview and said, doesn't matter that I got fired. I achieved what I wanted to achieve. The goal was accomplished. I didn't have to do a Saturday Night Live show in order to be on SNL. They hired me. I went through the audition process. They thought I was funny enough and good enough. They hired me. That's, that's all I needed. Kind of with the Browns and where I'm at right here right now. And I didn't think I was going to have this take going into, uh, you would have asked me 10 hours ago, I would have thought to myself, any loss is a failure. Any loss isn't good enough. Now sitting, thinking about it, reflecting on it, I'm taking the Shane Gillis approach here. Being in this postseason, while on your fourth quarterback and using five quarterbacks this year, you showed the NFL that you're here. You're good enough. I've said for a million years, you got to crawl to walk to run. That's what you got to do. You crawl to walk to run as an NFL team. Guess what? Uh, we're no longer crawling. We're now walking. We're, we're in the stage and we're getting, we're getting ready to run. I don't know. Maybe we, maybe we all of a sudden catch a boatload of steam and find our way in the Super Bowl and we're off like Usain Bolt. I don't know. Maybe we will be. But as of right now, this year isn't about that to me. This year is about taking that step forward and showing the rest of the NFL that we're here. We can compete and we're going to compete for the next at least three years at a minimum in being in the NFL postseason and racking up wins and being competitive. And I do expect Deshaun Watson next year to make a deep postseason run. You can be disappointed if it doesn't go your way. For sure, you can be disappointed if it doesn't go our way on Saturday. But I don't want to hear it on Monday. 
that this season was all of a sudden some sort of big-time failure, that this season all of a sudden didn't matter, that this season, there's a lot of things that happened in this season that I think is awesome for the Browns moving forward. You figured out Kevin Stefanski is your coach. He was on the hot seat. He's no longer on the hot seat. Andrew Barry solidified himself as one of the best young GMs in the NFL. You can't take that away. These are the type of things that legitimately, even if the season doesn't end the way we want it to, you can't up in a race. 216474 to below 92. And you best believe if they do lose, and I don't think they will, if they do lose, this will be the energy I have come Tuesday. We're off on Monday because we got a little playoff game on Monday Night Football. But on Tuesday, this will be the energy that I have. I have no idea what anybody else's energy is going to be. This will be the energy I have. 216-474-0092. Danny going to lead us off here on the fan. What's up, Danny? What's going on, man? Hey, you know, full disclosure, I am a Pittsburgh fan. I live in Cleveland. And I have to admit, it's been exciting watching the Browns and the excitement in the city. Now, having said that, if you don't win on Saturday against the Texans, unless you're a fan of mediocrity, you should be disappointed. The Browns. So are why are you not why are you not disappointed in Tomlin for not winning a playoff game in seven years? Isn't that the epitome of mediocrity? You want you want Tomlin fired based off that take, right? Absolutely. I hate that they say, "Well, okay. he's been playing 500 ball for all okay. this time. He hasn't played less than." I hate that excuse. Get rid of him. You've been to what four playoff games in the last how many? Don't get me started about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hey, 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 well, you brought it up. You said you're a Steelers fan, but I like that you're consistent. Uh, we, Danny, me and you could hang, okay? I like, I like that you're consistent. I really got, I really thought you were going to come back and be like, no, I love Tomlin, and I would, your, your argument would have fallen to pieces. But at least you're consistent. I appreciate no. that. You know, my family in Pittsburgh, I'm like, Pickett's trash, Trubisky's trash. <laughs> Should have started making the whole time. See what he's doing, but get rid of Tomlin. He's yeah. I hate that argument, the 500 ball argument. You it's know so what? dumb I to me. So dumb to me. Yes. Yeah, you play for the you play for the titles, Danny. Like, and I understand that, but you also yeah. know, being a Steelers fan, that Rome wasn't built in a day either, right? And, and so, like, I no. could be disappointed, but uh, I can also understand that there was a lot of growth this year from the Browns. And, and and there is, but I feel like the Browns on paper have always been consistently good. On paper, they they were supposed to be in the playoffs. They were supposed to do these great things, and it hasn't happened. And people have always been like this, wait till next year, wait till next year. Well, you finally have this team. You can build off this team. I would be disappointed that this hasn't happened sooner. I think you're going to beat the Texans 24-21. to 21. That's my honest take on this Saturday. And it's going to be exciting for Cleveland. But you know what? If you don't win Saturday, oh, man, I feel it would be horrible. I'd hate to go to work on Monday if that were to happen. And that's entirely true. And, Danny, I appreciate you, man. Don't be a stranger, okay? Thank you. All right. Thanks. All right. Good call. Two one six four seven four to blow ninety two. Listen, I'm not going to sit there and tell you not to to wallow in your feelings. I'm not going to sit there and tell you uh, don't get sad if they don't win or anything like that. No, 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 no. I would never do that. That is not a thing that I would do. I'm just taking a glass half full approach if that's how this all goes down. And again, I heard Ken and Anthony earlier today, and and usually what's funny about that is that in in most of Lima's takes, I tend to agree. Most of Lima's takes, I tend to think to myself, I, I think he's very, I think he's very practical. I, I think, I think a lot of the time, he makes a lot of good sense. And on this one, I sat on it, and I thought that when they were discussing the topic initially, and I want to ask you guys, 216-474-092, is the season still a success if they lose on Saturday? I was right there with him with the points that he was making. I was right there with him. I'm like, you're right. 
You got a lot of players playing in the peak of their careers. You got a lot of guys that are, they're making a lot of money. Like the time is now. You got to be winning these games. And I can agree with all of that. But the more I sat back and the more I thought about it, right now, I'll take us not being at the bottom of the NFL basement. That's a win for me. Being the NFL's version of the unhoused guys down the street is not a way to live your life. We can do better. And now we are showing that we can do better. That's a win. We answered the questions we needed to have answered for this year. And maybe I'm reverting a little bit too much back to the idea of what we had when we first signed Joe Flacco. When it's like, all right, well, postseason will be nice. And then we answer some questions will be nice. But now we've emphatically answered the Kevin Stefanski, the Andrew Barry, all these other questions. That's a win. It might not be ideal, but it's a win. And it makes it not a massive failure to me. 216474-92. Don't mistake that for me saying we're playing with house money. I expect us to win. We need to win this game. I expect us to win. We need to win this game. All of those things are true. And you can and you'll be as sad as sad gets if they don't win this game. But for my money, for where I'm at, the season as a whole is a success, even if they lose on Saturday. John up next on the fan. What's up, John? What's up, man? I'll get to it. Um, I disagree. I think losing in the first round would be a massive failure. You asked me this question two weeks from now when they lose in the second round of the playoffs, that's a different story. But losing in the first round to a team that backed their way into it, when you shouldn't be losing to them in the first place, but let's be honest, Houston backed their way into it. The Colts fumbled that away. That would be a huge failure on my part. Everything you just outlined, but the one thing that no one's outlined yet is you got a mulligan at the quarterback position. Your star quarterback goes down, your season should be done. You catch lightning in a bottle with Joe Flacco, you can't lose in the first round like that. No, 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 no. You got to John, if they, if they lose, round. John, if they lose, who are you firing? I'm not firing anybody, but you, well, can't, then, it's then a you can't tell then. me it's a failure. It is a failure, Jonathan. It is a failure. It's been half. It's been glass half full for how many years now? When's it? When are we going to fill up the glass and, and get something out of this? I think we're filling up the back, glass. We can't keep going back to the oh well. If they did this. We found. We answered some questions. No, it's not good enough. Next year, this team isn't going to be this team, man. Deshaun Watson's cap number is going to cripple this team at some point. We can't keep just waiting, waiting, waiting. This is it, man. It's now or never. Losing in the first round when you get a mulligan at the quarterback position against a team that lucked their way into a postseason spot, yeah, that's a massive failure. Ask me that question in the second round if Baltimore comes calling and smashes us. Well, you know I will, John. All right, you know what? That's fabulous. You 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 know me. You You know me. You know I will. Okay. John, I I ask ask you your thoughts. I I appreciate you giving them to me. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. I mean, it's as simple as that. I ask you your thoughts. There's no wrong answers here when it comes to that stuff. You have your opinion. I have mine. You know, typically, though, I do believe if, if you think it's a failure, then people lose their jobs, right? Isn't that how that works? Chicago right now, they fired half of their staff. They fired Luke Getze, that offensive coordinator. He's a local guy, so I don't want to rip on him too bad. But they fired Luke Getze. They fired, like, seven other people on that staff. Like, they, it's a failure. How, how look, you make an argument for them that they actually improved because they won, what, five out of the last seven games or whatever it was. But it was a failure. When you fail, people lose their jobs. You watch it all over the last three days as people left and right lost their jobs. Crashes and burns like the Hindenburg in Jacksonville. What happens the next day? They make changes to the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, and I know nobody wants to make any changes to this coaching staff. That's how I know we're on the right track. 
That's how I know you want to tell me it's a failure. I'm not buying it 100% because you're still in a good spot for the years to come. It might not be what you wanted. Hell, I want a Super Bowl. It might not be what you wanted. But I think it's more than good enough. 216-474-0092. On Twitter, there you can find me. I am at JPeterWin. If you're hanging, hang tight. I promise I'll get you coming up on the other side. Is the season still a success if they lose on Saturday? I racked my brain about it. I was thinking about it all day long. And initially, I was getting ready to be as angry as you guys are right now, calling into this show. And I, I was going to tell you, yeah, yeah, of course it's a failure. you got to demand more. you got to expect more. But the more I unraveled it, the more I thought about it, Really, they've accomplished everything they need to accomplish this year when it comes to finding out how we make this team competitive for the next three seasons and beyond. Would I love a playoff win? Yes, I would. I would love that. I need that like I need air to breathe. But if if that doesn't happen on Tuesday, I'm not going to be killing this team. Not going to happen. Not from this sports fan. 216-474 to below 92. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterlin here with you on The Fan. Alrighty, back at it here on The Fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peter and Daryl Ryder going to join us coming up in 15 minutes. You want to be listening an hour 15 from now, 10 o'clock. Kevin Spencer won a Super Bowl with the Steelers. He was on Belichick's staff when Belichick was with the Browns in the early 90s, which means he was also on the staff with Nick Saban. We'll talk about Nick Saban coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. We'll get Kevin's thoughts on that coming up at 10. But I want to hear from you guys right now. I, discussing something the morning show had brought up, and, and I, I thought it was just interesting how... You know, they asked if the season is still a success if they lose on Saturday. And I, I agreed with Lyme at the time. This is, this is how you know Lyme was good at, at debate and he's good at this type of talk where, you know, I'm like, all right, I, I hear what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I, I get it completely. You'd look at the season as some sort of failure if the Browns don't win on Saturday. And, and I, I thought about it more and then I'm getting my thoughts all ready for the show and like I do and I'm, I'm typing things out and getting things ready. And I'm not kidding. I put together all sorts of words and all sorts of different analogies and different things into how this would be some sort of failure and some sort of big indictment on the Browns and all these type of things. And, and as I was going, what I like to do when I, when I get my thoughts ready and get my stuff ready for the show is I like to then play out both sides because I like to, I like to poke holes in my own argument. This is what they teach you in debate classes, right? Poke, poke holes in your own argument. And then I know ahead of time. If you call in and you say, Jonathan, you're wrong because of X, Y, and Z, more likely than not, if I've done my job, I've already done this debate with myself hours prior. That's just a little behind the scenes action for you there on how I do shows. It's not how everyone does them, but how I do them. And so I, I was going through this and, and, and I, was, I was trying to poke holes. And by the time I got done poking holes, I, I, I sat back and I thought to myself, and I'm like, wait. This, I, I, this is not how I think. I, I don't think this is some sort of failure on the Browns if, if they don't make it on Saturday. And it, it's not because the NFL and a one-game sample size is too little of a sample size in order to make some big grandiose statement off of, although I do think that is true. It's not baseball where you get a five-game series and you're supposed to do way more than what you should. Anything can happen in a five-game series. That's why they say just get in. But the NFL playoffs is not too far off from that right now. The best teams and the best quarterbacks do get there over time. And it's hard to win three, four games in a row. But it's not terribly hard to win one week. That's why they say any given Sunday. That's why that's a term that we've been using for a million years. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. When you're two-and-a-half-point road favorites, it's not a foregone conclusion that you just, you know, take care of the team you're taking on. 
C.J. Stroud tripping over the garden hose, although I think it will happen, is not a foregone conclusion. But I was sitting there and I'm thinking about it, and I, I, I honestly, I, how can I get mad at this team on Saturday if they end up losing? How can I get mad at this team? And there's a couple different reasons, right? I, I like us not being the, the bottom of the NFL basement. That got proven this year. Entering this year, we had two primetime NFL games, okay? And that, and that had more to do with us not being the world's greatest team on paper, although I liked the team on paper. I had them for 11 wins. We finished with 11 wins. That had more to do with us not being a sexy draw with our wide receivers who Mike Clay ranked 21st in the NFL and then turned out to be much better than a lot of people projected, at least Amari Cooper and everyone else in back of that. Like, there's a lot there that happened, the defense being one of the best defenses in the previous 10 years in the NFL as opposed to just being what on paper looked like a pretty good defense. There's a lot that happened for this team that has, that has this team, Deshaun Watson or not, at the start of next year, we're going to get four or five national games. We are the talk of the NFL. We are not a bottom-rung NFL team. That changed. That perception changed from last year to this year. Our head coach was on the hot seat. He's no longer on the hot seat. Our defensive coordinator was bus-tossing our defensive player of the year candidate a year ago, and vice versa. Miles Garrett and Joe Woods were looking like third graders at the schoolyard. No, he said this. No, he said this. And now all of a sudden, Joe Woods is gone. Miles Garrett is potentially going to win the defensive player of the year. And I've never seen a defense get along more in tune with what each other uh, feel, think, act the whole nine yards. Like, they're all there. We've answered so many questions. And more importantly, though, and I think this goes beyond just what I can tell you about from answering the questions and getting Andrew Barry another season where he's been awesome. Think about the scars of their going to Browns this one that have been healed up so far this season. How many times have you watched a Browns game in your life, and it's been a lot of Browns games, where you think to yourself, they're going to they're gonna lose this one in a pretty comical way. They're gonna, they're, I know they're going to blow this one. They're going to lose this one in a pretty comical way, and then I'm going to end up with my Sunday ruined. Think about how many times you've thought of that. And now think about what happened this year. End of the 49ers game was supposed to end with Moody hitting that kick and us losing that game in devastating fashion. The Colts game, those ref calls are supposed to go against us in years past. You know they would have. Years past, we erase a double-digit fourth-quarter lead against the Ravens in what is supposed to end with Lamar Jackson in an MVP season. Most, most years, we take the lead to then cough that lead away. Most years, Justin Fields supposed to get that fourth and one play converted in the fourth quarter. The scars are healing, guys. I think that's the important part. Scars are healing. You have confidence that if this team takes a lead in the fourth quarter, they're not going to trip over the garden hose. They're going to get the job done. And I think the little things like that do carry over from one year to the next. I think the little things like that that I'm talking about become big things in the big picture. So it might suck. It might be devastating on Saturday if they don't end up winning. But there's so much advancement with this team. I'm not going to throw a pity party. I'm going to give you the advice my mom gave me uh, anytime I had a relationship end from like 15 years old and on. You get 24 hours, eat as much ice cream as you want, wallow in it, and then after that, pick yourself back up and get back out there. That's what I'm going to give Browns fans. You get 24 hours. You got till Sunday. Maybe Sunday night. You want, if you don't want to watch any football for the rest of the weekend, okay, fine. But by the time we talk together on Tuesday, uh, I'm not going to be wallowing in our pity if it goes down that way. 216-474-0092. Thomas and Shaker up next on The Fan. What's up, Thomas? Hey, JP. You know, look, all due respect, you know, 
when I first heard you talk about this, I was like, oh man, you're dead wrong. And then I, and then you kind of explained yourself. Well, you know, would you want to fire anybody after after if they lose tomorrow? And no, the answer is no. But the thing is, though, a lot of those things that you talk about, um, about you know, the Browns, Brown, Browns and up stuff, and all that stuff, it's, it comes down to what your perception was of this team in the first place. Because I'm not one of those Browns fans who believe in curses or that the Browns could Browns up something. Because that's not log- logic to me. Um, the way I look at it is, is the Browns when they traded for Deshaun Watson uh, two years ago, um, you're telling us that getting getting one win in the playoffs is not good enough. And I like that statement. So, um, and, um, Kevin Stancy already yeah. showed us that he could build a team that could win one playoff game. For me, the channel of success, the um, avenue of success is whether or not you can make a deep playoff run. You can prove to us you have the capability of winning a Super Bowl. If I don't see that um, Kevin Stancy has the ability to win a Super Bowl, then he's not – you know, maybe he's not good enough. You know, it is the NFL so if he if he loses this game, Thomas, you're putting him back coach. on the hot I'm seat, not or what? He's bad coach at all. I'm not saying that at all. Okay, you kind of are. My perception of Kevin Stansky was never like these people was out here like, oh, he can't do this. Like, no, like I was always thinking like, all right, he could win us a game or two in the playoffs, but can he win to get us to the promised land? And so that's what my standards at. Do I think he should be yeah. higher as he loses? No, but I think he should be pushing Snoopy Rose. I don't think that makes him. Immoral. And I think that's a fair question. I think, and thank you, Thomas. I do appreciate you as always. I think that's a fair question. I think it's a question we'll have all throughout the offseason if it goes down that way for sure. But I feel like in asking that question, then that means we are holding Kevin Stefanski up to the standards that Joe Flacco is as good, if not better, than Deshaun Watson. That's what you'd be telling me. I don't believe that to be true. I like Joe Flacco a lot. He's played great football. I don't believe that to be true. So maybe that's why I'm not holding him to that same standard. Henry and Akron up next on the fan. What's up, Henry? Uh, first of all, I want to say you're right. If they lose, it will be a success that they end up in the playoffs because I, I really didn't see the Browns in the playoffs, especially after the Chubs went down. We, we, we have a rookie offensive line. We don't have a field goal kicker. So, like you said, if they lose, it, it would be a success from being in the playoffs. I agree with you, one hundred percent. So, I don't oh, I thought there was a butt coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, Henry. I thought there was a. Uh, usually, when people do that, and I do appreciate you. Usually, when people do it like that, it was like, uh, I agree with you. I, I think you're making a lot of sense here, and, and because of this reason, X, Y, and Z. But and then I was going to have to hear the 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 scolding on the back end of that one. Henry's just like, nope, doing a stand up job. Appreciate what you're doing. Think you think you're making a lot of sense. Okay, good. I do find it fun anytime you do a topic where you start off and people are so adamant and they're against it. And then by the end of it, they come around and they're like, and the majority of the calls then are like, yeah, okay, you made your point. You did it in a good way. And I think that's kind of where I was all day today is that I was, I was at first blush. I was on one side of the fence on a different side and I'm sitting there and I'm getting my thoughts ready. And then by the end of it, I'm like, oh, oh, I'm looking at this wrong, aren't I? I'm, I'm not looking at this right. I got, I got to redo this. I got to figure this out. All right, 216-474 to below 92. More on that. Also, I got some new info on Riley Patterson, and I, maybe I am in the wrong for not knowing this ahead of time, but I got I to gotta ask uh, our buddy Daryl what he's thinking about this Browns kicking situation and just a lot more. How big is Saturday for the future of the Browns? Our Browns insider, Daryl Ryder, going to join us next right here on The Fan.